Hello and welcome to the Mentally Fit Podcast. This is Dan Pierce and I am so glad that you are here with us today. Our guest today is Neil Cannon, who is the author of The Vitality Secret. Neil helps people overcome common chronic mental health challenges and get to the root cause of what's actually causing them. When you think about mental health, you might not think about physical health. You might not think about fitness or diet and nutrition, but in fact, these things are incredibly linked and making small changes to one, becoming healthier physically, can have drastic effects on our mental health and vice versa. It goes the other way as well. Being healthier mentally can help us be healthier physically and it's all part of one system. So part of our mission at Mentally Fit is to encourage equality between mental health and physical health. And we want to treat our minds the same way that we treat our bodies. So today we'll be talking with Neil about his work in helping people overcome chronic health challenges and how he believes that inflammation is the root cause of many of these chronic challenges. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. I really look forward to learning more about these strategies with you. And without further ado, let's jump right in. My name is Neil Cannon. I wrote The Vitality Secret, Defy Disease, Combat Common Illnesses and Stay Young. And I help people reverse common and chronic health challenges by helping them get to the underlying cause. And that main focus of mine for about for about five years has been chronic inflammation, helping people understand that every symptom we experience is really a symptom of chronic inflammation, for which there is normally a cause, or there is always a cause or several causes, which create this underlying condition. Um, my story is I reversed 30 years worth of eczema, always thinking of it as this kind of genetic disease, but it is just a symptom of inflammation in my body. And I discovered this accidentally when I was researching the condition that my father was diagnosed before his stroke, a few years before his stroke, uh, called chronic inflammation. And uh, I was already in health and fitness then, but not really in the healing space, as I'd say I'm in now. But I, was, I kept on seeing this word called inflammation everywhere. And then I realized then that his stroke was A, avoidable, uh, and also his asthma that he'd had from the age of 12, also reversible. Uh, all of these conditions that people suffer from are, they're just symptoms and we're not being told this. So I'm on a mission to help people understand that most illnesses are simply symptoms and uh, when you get to the cause, you can become symptom free. Nice. I love that. Um, and we're here today to, of course, talk about how nutrition affects mental health. Could you talk to us about how nutrition and that inflammation you mentioned might affect mental health or mood? Yes. And I'll start with something um, I just I heard initially actually from the media, believe it or not, because this isn't normally my source of information ever. But there was something interesting that perked my ears up in the media in England a few years ago, coming from um, a... I can't remember which medical school it was, but they found that in a third of cases of depression, it's linked with chronic inflammation of the brain. And I thought that's very interesting because we do, we know now about the gut-brain link. So if the gut is inflamed, it means basically that the brain's going to be inflamed as well. And if you have an inflamed brain, you're going to not be functioning very well. 
So a lot of people notice that when they go on an anti-inflammatory diet, they can start to think more clearly, brain fog goes away, mental energy goes up, physical energy goes up. But it's very interesting what happens in the brain when you switch to an anti-inflammatory diet. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, could you elaborate more on that brain gut link for people who might not be aware of that? Okay. Yeah. So really I see the gut as like the engine for the whole body. Um, and we have neurotransmitters in the gut and there is a, there is a distinct link between the gut and the brain and the health of the gut is basically going to determine the health of not just the brain, but everywhere else in the body as well. I mean, that's ultimately where energy is created. It's created in the gut through metabolism. That's basically what metabolism is. It's the creation of energy. And um, when we understand that that is basically like the engine of the whole body and it's linked with the brain in really simple terms, it's much easier to think in terms of nutrition rather than just eating stuff. Mm, yeah, so when you're eating something... Uh your body's having a reaction to it. And it's often said that food is medicine. And so food mm. has a chemical reaction on our guts, on our brains, and that can affect the way that we feel both physically and mentally. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Totally accurate. Yeah. So what is this anti-inflammatory diet and how does it help improve mental health and improve mood? Okay. So every person is different. So I can't just blanket this for everyone uh, but what I have seen um, from personal experience in five years and from also researching lots of people and I also interview people by the way who reverse incurable illnesses according to Western medicine and there's like a common theme you know I've, I've interviewed about 50 people now over the years and I, I could I could be interviewing way more it's just time-consuming but it's um, although I love to do it anyway what I've found is that most people do one form of this paleo and or ketosis and or grain-free vegan. And that's what they do to reverse the most advanced diseases. So um, as the whole healing protocol, it's never just nutrition. It's normally a number of different things. Um, and it's, it's, it's very interesting because it doesn't really matter what name of symptom it is. It's not, you don't, you don't for example, with multiple sclerosis, you don't treat it differently to a form of cancer or or fibromyalgia differently to chronic pain. It's, it's, it's basically all the same thing. It's like finding out why the body's gone out of balance and then bringing it back into balance. And part of that method in bringing the body back into balance is an anti-inflammatory diet. So some of the typical uh, inflammatory culprits, if you like, are uh, gluten, certainly in America, um, it's been hybridized. It's gone through this process called mutagenesis. Um, basically, it's nothing like what it used to be at the start of the agricultural industry. So there is argument to say that the reason that we can't have gluten these days, and this, this is almost for the whole population, even if you think you're fine with gluten, there's some form of intolerance normally with everyone. An antibody test will tell you that. A microbiome um, stool test. Um, but yeah, most people are intolerant to gluten because of what's happened to the grain. And it's gone through the process called mutagenesis. So all these proteins added to it to, um, so farmers can yield more in less time. They used to be about a meter and a half tall. They're now about a foot tall. They're called dwarf crops. Excellent for the agricultural industry. Not, not good for our gut. 
So most people have an intolerance to gluten without even knowing it. Um, cow's milk, I'd, I'd uh, steer clear of, unless, unless you're a baby cow. Um, probably good to steer clear of cow's milk because it is specifically designed for baby cows to grow fast. Got the, that's this perfect concoction of, of um, micronutrients and macronutrients and hormones and amino acids for these baby cows to grow fast. So on top of that, it's been uh, in America, we have this recumbent bovine growth hormone that's injected into a lot of cows. So, and then they're fed this artificial diet. So basically I don't have, have milk. Very occasionally I'll, I'll eat a bit of cheese, but it's, it's like so seldom. Um, although I do have butter because butter is basically pure fat. The casein has gone and the protein has gone. And Sorry, the casein is protein, uh, the lactose, the sugar. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and yeah. another one is, is sugar. And, you know, mm. white or refined sugar is, is known to be inflammatory. Um, it's also cancer's number one fuel. So if, uh, the, if the body's out of balance for any reason, those three things, gluten, dairy, and sugar, um, or certainly milk and cheese and sugar. So gluten, milk, uh, and sugar, those three things are typically uh, things to eliminate across the board, um, along with all the processed rubbish. Anything that comes in a package with all these different ingredients with artificial flavorings and preservatives, and if you can't pronounce an ingredient, is, that's a good indication not to have it. There's a hashtag actually that says, if you don't recognize an ingredient, your body won't either. Mm. Hashtag inflammation. Mm. Um, so we want to be, we want to be consuming real food, basically, not stuff that's been messed with by man. Uh, in, in America, corn, soy, those, those are horrendous. They're being gen genetically modified. Yeah. And there's a brilliant documentary series or documentary called GMO OMG, and they've gone into all these tests on these, on these GMO products. Those are ones particularly. Nice. So how does the inflammation from eating those things or consuming those uh, different things, how does that affect the brain and the gut and the connection between the two? Uh, very good question. So the way I see it is Inflammation is your, it's basically your immune system under attack. So it's an immune system reaction to what your body perceives as an attack on your body. So it's an overreactive, it's an overactive immune system response, perceiving there as a threat to keep you safe. So it's a form of toxicity in the body. And when there's any form of toxicity in the body, your cells start to become deprived of oxygen. And we are in a very, you know, a very simple uh, way of looking at us is we're like 50 trillion cells. And if you talk to cellular biologist Bruce Lipton, that's the figure he quotes. Other people quote 100 million cells, trillion cells, sorry. But let's say we're 50 trillion cells and every one of those cells requires oxygen, uh, water, nutrients, and the ability, ability to eliminate waste. There's three main fuels and plus the ability to eliminate waste. If we are over toxic, the cells become deprived in oxygen, which means less oxygen to our cells, including our brain. And 
none of the body functions as well as it should. It's like the, the entire body works in, everything's interconnected. So if you've got toxicity in the blood, it's, sorry, in the gut, it's gonna create this inflammatory response. Too much toxicity then drains the, basically is gonna drain the, the body of nutrients and oxygen, which means it's gonna affect the brain as well. And then there's of course the neurotransmitter side of things, and they're not going to work as well if there's too many toxins. So that's the kind of way I look at it. There could be a way more scientific way of looking of explaining that. But ultimately, if the body is over toxic, which is another word of inflammation, you become deprived of oxygen. And, and the characteristic of all illness is basically under oxygenation of cells. So imagine the brain becoming deprived of oxygen because we're, there's too much toxicity in the body and then we don't function as well. Mm. You know, it strikes me that this is more important now than ever before because one of the, the hallmark uh, symptoms or challenges that people have with COVID-19 when they're experiencing symptoms is that their cells and their body is not getting enough oxygen. Mm. So that in combination with this, um, it seems like now more than ever, we really need to be focusing on our diet and our nutrition to make sure that we're not building up excess toxicity. Is that, um, how would you speak on that exactly? I agree 100%. Um, now more than ever, we need to pay attention to our immune systems. And if we're, if we're inflamed, if we have chronic inflammation going on in the body, which by the way, on its own, inflammation is not a bad thing. It's a very healthy immune response because if we didn't have it, we'd die. It's just that when we're constantly inflamed, that's like the, the body constantly under attack. So if you can imagine we only have a certain amount of energy every day, and if all of this energy is going into your immune system protecting you from stuff that we're ingesting every day or exposure to toxins in the environment, whether it's... Um, you know, chemicals near the house or electrical cell phone towers. You know, that's a big one right now, EMFs. In fact, that's a big focus of mine right now, electromagnetic radiation from cell phone towers, 5G, and, and all the other Gs, and every form of electromagnetic radiation, in fact. All of those things are going, or have the potential to affect the body on a cellular level. So coming back to your question about the immune system, if we are, if the, if we are inflamed, it means the body's constantly trying to keep you safe from all of these other things. And it's not going to be able to have the, the resources to deal with something else, you know, like a bug or a virus. You know, I, I've used this example a few times on my own lives and in interviews. I went to a Tony Robbins event in 2015 and I was advised by my friends to really take care of my immune system because there are 2,700 people there. And he said, everyone gets sick. And mm. I was like, okay, well, I'm, that's not going to be me. So I, I'm already anti-inflammatory anyway. And I, and I loaded up on lots of micronutrients. I avoided the hotel foods. I avoided the gluten. I avoided dairy. Didn't have sugar. Took, took in my own nutrition bars. I was vegetable juicing every day. I was having salads. I was having water from, you know, decent sources. And at the end of six days, I was totally fine. And I kid you not, I mean, it's very hard to put a percentage on this, but everyone in the Facebook group afterwards, like 2,700 people in there, everyone's like, I'm sick, I'm sick. My girlfriend, or oh, wow. girl I started dating then, she, she was flawed. Everyone, everyone in my group was flawed. There was only one other person I know who didn't get sick, and she did what I did. Like she was anti-inflammatory, everything, loading up on all the nutrients. 
And the reason I bring, bring that example in is not to kind of go, hey, look at me. And it's to say that's, that's what the body can do when we look after the immune system. There's no, no need for us to always get sick. When I hear, that, when I hear people say, I've got this bug that's going around, all my ear, ear goes, no, you have a suppressed immune system. Mm. You know, and we hear it all the time. And then, you know, even, even like, you know, at school, when kids are getting sick, not everyone gets sick. But the entire class doesn't get sick because some of those kids are going to have a stronger immune system than others. Right. And, um, and it's not, we don't always have to get these bugs that are going around because the, the body's full of bugs. The body's full of viruses all the time. It's just whether we demonstrate the symptoms that we know of as bugs and viruses when you're flawed and with a high temperature and fever and stuff. Nice. That makes sense. Um, you know, definitely I've seen myself that eating certain foods, you know, they can either weaken or strengthen uh, my immune system. So that, that story definitely uh, rings true for me personally. Um, I'd like to make sure that we give people something they can take home and act on right now. Uh, and you mentioned that uh, all of those different things like milk, um, cheese, dairy products, um, butter, potentially, things you might want to either reduce, eliminate, or replace with something that isn't inflammatory. Um, what could somebody do right now uh, as far as taking stock in their kitchen and maybe changing their grocery list? What can they look for to remove and what can they replace them with exactly? Great question. Just quickly, I'm cool with butter as long as it's uh, grass-fed and organic, pasture-raised. Okay. I tend to get the pasture-raised stuff because the butter doesn't have the casing or the lactose. It's basically full fat, and I'm totally cool with fat. Um, the low-fat craze is what caused the, the, the obesity epidemic, mm, <laughs> or, yeah. or, or is a massive part of it anyway, along with all the processed rubbish. But um, so in terms of the question, what can we do immediately? The first things I would tend to suggest to people are um, just go clean, you know, replace. If, something, if you're buying stuff in a box, consider not doing that, because a lot of stuff, like start reading labels. And, you know, when, you, when you're making food, you're preparing food, just go for the cleanest and purest of food money can buy. I understand that organic is more expensive and there may be an argument to have less meat if you can't get organic meat or, mm. or vegetables. We want to really load up on vegetables. There's no argument about that. We want to be having as many organic vegetables in our life as possible and typically to eat the rainbow, meaning every you know, color, that, that's like an ideal. In an ideal world, we consume all these different colors every single day. Mm. So the, that, that's what feeds the gut microbiome, um, a, a varied diet. Um, so what can be replaced? So I'm not sure if you can replace packaged goods with, well, you can, you just replace packaged goods with real food. Mm. Um, gluten, gluten, I would replace with a form of, the first step is a gluten-free bread. Um, you know, go for a, preferably a paleo bread. So you just Google paleo bread or macadamia bread or something like that. But a lot of the gluten-free breads that you just buy off the supermarket shelves, sometimes they're just, they're not really much better. So just go, you know, Google a decent, decent quality gluten-free bread. That'd be like a first thing. Um, preferably paleo. Paleo is basically grain-free, um, meat, fish, eggs, clean everything, organic everything. Uh, but I prefer to not eat too many meat products or I do eat a lot of pasture raised eggs, but it's, um, 
I, I want to always make a point of making the majority part of my diet plant-based. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that for so, reasons or uh, ethical reasons? What's the reasoning behind that? Health mainly, health mainly, but also ethical. If you watch, if you watch Food Inc. or Forks Over Knives, and you start to see how these animals are treated, I'd never used to call myself any kind of an animal activist or anything, but when you see these documentaries and you see how they're treated, you're like, I don't want to be a part of that anymore. Because <clears throat> there's a lot of, um, and I'm guilty of this, we're a little bit unconscious when it comes to the food choices we make. We just see chicken and beef in the supermarket shelves wrapped up in polythene or whatever it is. You pick it up and you don't even think, we don't think how it's got from the animal in, onto that grocery store. And most of the time, those animals have been tortured. And it's, you know, you see these horrible food ink will show you. So <laughs> back to your question, it's both. Because I, wanna, I just want to have clean stuff in my body. If, if, if we have clean stuff in the body, the body's going to be much happier. We're going to be energized. going to keep inflammation all the way down. Um, so it's a bit of both. But ultimately, I'll, you know, food should be fuel. It's not to say you not, don't enjoy food, but like it is nourishment. And I think it's easy, to, it's easy to lose sight of that because of all the advertising that happens all, all the time. And we just walk into a supermarket shelf and we, or supermarket and we see the entire, almost the whole supermarket or grocery store in, in your language, just loaded with all this processed rubbish. So I tend to say, okay, just go around the outside of the supermarket, outside of the grocery store. Ignore the middle aisles unless you want to get tea or coffee, but everything else you need, vegetables, meat, fit, everything's around the edge. Nice. So, I'm glad you mentioned that. I was thinking actually a friend of mine told me that exact same thing and she had changed her diet, lost a ton of weight and became very, very healthy. And she was saying exactly that, that all of the, the whole foods that are not laden with all these extra chemicals and additives, they're on the outside of the grocery store, around the side. So you've got the produce, the meats, and all that. Um, and all the bad stuff that's got all the preservatives, they're in the middle. So very good. Yeah. Point. Yeah. It's just, it's very interesting. Next time you're in a supermarket, just notice that. It's very interesting. I, I go straight for the vegetables, straight for the fruit, and then just walk around the outside, unless I need toilet rolls or anything like that, if there are yeah. toilet rolls. In. Beautiful. So give me uh, one example of a breakfast, one example of a lunch, and one of a dinner that you really like. One example of a breakfast I like is an omelette. Uh, again, with private, uh, private, uh, pasture-raised eggs, organic. There's a lovely range here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a massive fan of omelettes. I know vegans don't like to hear that. Um, but I think if the chickens are raised, uh, you know, responsibly and Mm-hmm. sustainably and they're not tortured eggs aren't you know i don't think they're a bad thing to eat unless there's unless you have an intolerance to eggs and some people do i must put a quick caveat in there mm. um so that's one form of breakfast but uh and one form of lunch would be some form of um salad normally it could or it could be like a quinoa salad or something like that you keep like it pseudo- at lunch yeah typically and then dinner you know what? I don't vary my diet a huge amount I, I, because I, when I say varied, I just have lots of vegetables and salads and a form of protein in, in the evening as well. So it'd be, um, yeah, basically some form of vegetables. I, I, you know, broccoli, leeks, carrots, 
sweet potatoes. I don't tend to have white potatoes. I'd have sweet potatoes because they're lower glycemic and I just like the taste of them um, with a form of protein, meat or fish or, uh, or eggs even. Um, and yeah, I'll snack on, I've got a bit of fruit whole. I don't juice fruit. Um, and then I'll snack on occasional, you know, protein bars. I, I have a bit of a, a sweet tooth and I do like the bulletproof ones. Um, but they're, they're just good ingredients. Um, there's a few, there's a few brands of protein bars that I like. I do eat fruit whole. I don't juice it. Cause when you, when you juice fruit, you, you can spike your blood sugars and your insulin and that's mm. not a really good thing. So vegetable juicing, by the way, I'm a massive fan of vegetable juicing because it's like getting an entire plate of vegetables in one glass and it goes pretty much straight into your bloodstream. So um, nice. some, people, some people with skin conditions, when they take out gluten and dairy and then they load up on vegetable juices every single day, in a matter of days, you can see skin conditions clear up wow. or even just 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 introducing vegetable juices because most people are malnourished just introducing vegetable juicing into the diet can make a massive difference celery juicing amazing from medical medium has created a huge movement um which is amazing people are just starting their day off with celery juicing and just letting that cleanse the entire body in every way shape and form is amazing anything we can do to clean the blood clean the liver get inflammation out of the body all that stuff is amazing Nice. I love it. Um, all very actionable. Thank you. Um, are there any supplements that you recommend people take on a daily basis um, or any that you take that you like for your brain, right. your body? Yeah, right now, vitamin C is a good one to take. Um, in fact, I just came off the call with uh, Dr. Corey, a naturopathic doctor. And uh, this is an oldie, but vitamin C is really good, like a uh, thousand milligrams or so to for preventative measures um, and, and she was talking about the treatment of this current thing um, around five grams for intravenous or orally is really good uh, otherwise zinc selenium uh, coq10 is a good one I don't consistently take that but I do sometimes uh, glutathione and that, that's another one that shouldn't be taken all the time but it's a good one to take and uh, switch around. Um, yeah, otherwise, just I get a lot of sun being in LA. I do a lot of grounding. Vitamin D. Ultimate, ultimately, exactly. Ultimately, I mean, this is going a bit deep, but everything we consume anyway is all about the photosynthesis of the energy from the sun. Like the sun is the, like, the most powerful nutrient. So when I'm in LA, I actually have fewer supplements than when I'm in England because I'm constantly in the sun and I get grounded, like my feet on the ground every single day on the grass. And I'm just, I take my top off and I get sun in every single day because it's like, it's like a magical cure for me. It always has been. Mm. Um, and you know, there's, we don't get all of our nutrients from food, believe it or not. We get it from the sun <laughs> and, and the ground. We'll get electrons from the ground. Excellent. Very cool. Thank you. Um, for anyone who wants to further connect with you, find your books and learn more about your work, where can we send them? VitalitySecret.com is my website. 
uh, or my email is neil, N-E-I-L, at vitalitysecret.com. That's a secret without the S, there's no plural. So um, you can, there's, I have an online course called The Resilience Code. I actually redid loads of my stuff recently, all about the immune system, because even though I've been working with people and the immune system for five years, I haven't really been talking about it as the immune system. I've been talking about chronic inflammation, and it's not until people start to find out and I start to tell people what it is that I talk about the immune system. But now in current, you know, in light of current events, I'm saying, look, it's the immune system. That's all we're doing all the time. So resilience is about building up, well, resilience, uh, strengthening the immune, the immune system, getting rid of chronic symptoms as a side effect of doing that, and building this resilience so we can fend off bugs and viruses. We all know that people, you know, you mentioned earlier, people who, I think you mentioned earlier, people who, already, yes, you did, people who are already immunocompromised, they're the ones that suffer the most. So let's not be immunocompromised right now and let's have a strong immune system. And ultimately it's all about self-education because there's, there's so much so much stuff in the media, this whole other conversation, but we're not seeing this information. And you know, just, just yesterday, you saw the post from my friend who had phenomenal results with vitamin C. Um, we're not seeing this information. So I think we need to all get self-educated. And my program is a way of doing that in a really kind of systemized way. And it's, it's not laborious, it's fun. There's other processes. Nutrition is just one part of it, by the way. We've got mental, emotional, and energetic, or spiritual, or quantum, whichever words you want to use, to get, as you, you know, you're dealing with mental health. It's, food isn't gonna be the only thing. There's, there's other things, mental and emotional health, and understanding how our thoughts and feelings can make us sick or they can make us vital. Like we can literally change our biology by how we think and how we feel. And this is, this is incredible stuff. Um, I've helped people reverse or become symptom-free through thought alone. And uh, we're not taught any of this stuff in the mainstream. We're just not. Um, so I provided a way of people getting access to this information. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Neil Cannon. He is just an incredible resource for anyone going through chronic health issues and anyone who's interested in learning more about how their physical health affects their mental health and how making small changes to our nutrition and our diets and even our exercise habits can make major changes on our minds and on our bodies. So check out his website, neilcannonhealth.com. Check out his book, The Vitality Secret, and his podcast, The Vitality Secret Podcast. I would love to continue this conversation with you in the Mentally Fit community. Join us there for connection with other people just like you and me who are learning more about improving our mental health and living the best lives possible that we can possibly live. We've all got dreams. I know you've got a lot of dreams and goals, and I just want you to know that I'm here to support you 100% and the entire Mentally Fit community is here to support you in whatever it is that you're doing in life. So join us there. It's free to help with the COVID-19 situation. So you pay nothing. Check it out. Join us at joinmentallyfit.com. I will include a link to that in the show notes as well. And just one more thing while I've got you here. If you could take just a moment and leave us a review, wherever you're listening to this podcast, leave us a review so that other people can find us 
Each review helps us to get a little more exposure for these really important messages, these important conversations. So I hope you will take a moment to support us, support the movement, and leave a review wherever you found this. Thank you so much for joining us today. I can't wait to talk to you in the Mentally Fit community, and I will see you next time here on the Mentally Fit Podcast. Have a great day.